0: you
1: Welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined Carmelina, Sakile, and John as together we young adults restlessly seek the face of Christ in the midst of today's crazy and mixed-up world. And, you know, it grieves all of our hearts, and we were just talking uh, right before this episode about teenagers that leave the faith. You know, and John's got some ideas about evangelization. We have one episode about evangelization already, but uh, there's so much more to say, because that really is the mission of the church. In fact, someone once said that the church doesn't have a mission, the church is a mission. Amen. Mm. Amen. The church is a mission. The whole point of the church is to make disciples of all nations, to bring everyone into relationship with Christ. So it's evangelization. It's not fundraising, you know, it's not building buildings, It's it's evangelization, and but what do we need to do to evangelize? You know, we talked last time about how we need to do outreach and really welcome people into communities. But there are, I think, a lot of different ways in which we can reach out to people.
2: And, and John, what were, what were some of your further thoughts? You know, another thing is the education piece, right? So we know that many times people go to Mass and they are, they, they're there, but they're kind of lost, especially the young adults and the kids. And so how do we change that? How do we um, educate them better? Of course, there's CCD and there's confirmation class, but there's a need for more than that, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and to not make it book heavy. Because <laughs> a lot of kids, I remember me, I'm a victim of that. Like it was <laughs> book heavy and I just did not remember, not no, no prayers at all. And so, but when did I really change and get motivated was, through different activities you know there was a play that they ran in which i got to participate in right Mm -hmm. there was also retreats even for young kids you know that my brother went to that really changed his life and those events gives people opportunities to do more education um now back in the day you know as Sakila say back in other episodes you know there's a I was a credo catholic however there's a moment where I actually um, went to uh, another religion because this was something that my parents were looking at oh, really? but then we, yeah some... the protestant and so there's you know we saw there that there was a lot of um kids camps and activities for children to participate in um the way they can learn and and play and act um, do acting as if you were Jesus or, or you know, Moses. And that really helped us see things differently rather than just reading the book. Um, but then eventually we realized, you know what, this, the faith was not fully, we did not feel like we were getting the, the, the full truth. And that's when we got back to becoming Catholic and that was the best thing we ever did because we realized that there's more to it than just uh, the, how we got educated on uh, the faith but there's the faith itself and what the truth that the Catholic Church provides. Now, how can the Catholic Church do more to keep people there, right? We talked about maintenance, in which we're very good at maintaining traditions, but the education piece is something that, you know, I I think there's a need for. uh, mm Yeah.
1: Father Benedict Rochelle makes the point that human beings are drawn to God in one of three ways, truth, beauty, and goodness. Mm -hmm. And for those who are drawn to God through truth, that's, you know, the the education piece is in a real encounter with God. I know some, I, I've actually had some p- kids in my confirmation class who, when they really heard the gospel preached for the first time, hopefully in my class, you know, with you know, full strength, not not holding back any of the punches, because a lot of times you get a lot of fluff in confirmation in CCD classes, but when they heard it, they're like, whoa, this, this actually makes sense. This is actually something worth getting into and diving into and l- laying your life down for.
0: Right. I mean, I, Thinking about what John is saying about education, I think specifically, we also need to educate people on vocations because those like live in the church, right? Every vocation, vocation to religious life, priesthood, marriage, consecrated life, all of that, right? Like, why are we doing what we're doing? It just feels like a lot of times it feels like this sort of lukewarm discussion where it's like, oh, you're going to be a sister? Like, what a waste, right? Mm. Like, I've heard that in my own discernment. And it's not true. There's so much beauty in that. And I was talking to a very wise friend of mine, and we were debating on how we could, how the church could possibly like enliven this discussion on vocations. And I think there needs to be a messaging change where it's almost marketed like how the military is, where it's an honor, right? It's an honor to serve the Mm. church. It's an Mm. honor and a duty, especially as a priest, if you are called to pursue that. And not even to do it, but at least to discern it. Because there's a beauty in that, and then when we have strong vocations, they enliven the church, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I do think it's a formation issue. It's also a, John talks about how our church is attacked on so many different ways, and, and the family is clearly being attacked. And so, yeah, I don't I don't know what the solution is, but we do have we do need more education on the beauty of each vocation, the purpose of them, and how it fits into like the body of Christ and the mission of the church as a whole to get us all to heaven.
1: Well the key there is to have joyful nuns and joyful priests.
0: Yes.
2: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And deacons too, right? And deacons, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is another vocation that people actually don't know about. Like I didn't know about a deacon until two years ago.
0: You'd be a great deacon, John. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> but, hey, you're if it's
2: God's will, I will be that deacon, but we'll see we'll see, you know? <laughs> because deacons are a combination, there's um deacons who are parents, right? They or they were they had their own families. But of course you're um it's when your kids are a little bit older <laughs> that you become a deacon and they have the chance to actually celebrate um, or say homilies, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they're almost like the pastors of uh, the Protestant church. They they can preach and talk about the faith. You know, one of my goals uh, I've always talked about with father is like, imagine we are able to get the protestant pastors to see the full truth with us and what the catholic faith has and having them join our team so that they can be deacons and preach because they are some of the best preachers out there amen to that Mm -hmm. yeah you know and we love our brothers and sisters and imagine if we're united yeah church would be so strong to fighting against you know the evil in this world
3: absolutely and i think to me the word that resonates the most is engagement. I think we need a little bit more engagement within our church and what what you're mentioning with the Protestant pastors is that's one thing they have. You know, I even follow certain devotions that are not Catholic and they're making me a stronger Catholic. So it's 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 more like, you know, they're bringing me closer to God and they're helping me understand that relationship with the Father. And they're not even Catholic. So there's definitely like an opportunity there to, to open up those conversations. You know, we're all team Jesus. We're all team God. And if we all came and and sat at a table to discuss this, I think it would be a little bit more engaging and meeting each other where we are. And, you know, maybe we meet your goal, John, of of ho- hopefully bringing them into the Catholic Church and, and becoming deacons. Because there's no right path i think and um i mean there's no like one path is what i mean there's no there's so many different ways to 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 get to god and to get to christ and to know the truth and so i think shutting people out and and having ourselves as like um just like we're incubated in the catholic church sometimes i feel we we were not open to reaching out and outreaching to other people in the same way they're not reaching out to us. We're being t- attacked almost for being Catholic. So I think there's an opportunity to come together and really have um, those op- that open dialogue and start to learn from one another. Even in the Catholic Church, we need to just uh, engage a little bit more.
1: Well, do you, do you feel like Protestants do a better job of talking about a relationship with jesus
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. Absolutely. why do
1: we not talk more about that's the core of our faith is the relationship yeah
0: because i think they're well i think part of it is honestly because they don't have the eucharist right so they have to have more of an emotional relationship with jesus because they're not as like they don't have the eucharist right so i think we tend to be more contemplative but they tend to be more outwardly spiritual because they have a different form of What they perceive as worship right Mm. so i think that's Mm -hmm. part of it that we have the eucharist so we can you know sit before our lord in the blessed sacrament we're like oh yeah guys it's jesus don't you see him right to protestants and they're like you're nuts so but you know they need that because that fuels their faith that relationship with jesus through the scriptures fuels every part of their faith because that's all they have solo scriptura That's all Mm. they have, right? So they need that and they need to rely on that. They need to know the scripture because that's the faith.
1: But the Eucharist should lead to a relationship with Jesus because I think a lot of Catholics maybe go to mass every Sunday and receive Jesus and don't have a relationship with him because they're like, oh, well, that's just what we do. I think the
3: danger with that is as Catholics, we fall into routine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, As Catholics, the, the tradition allows for us to have a very specific routine and with routine comes complacency. So you become yeah. very complacent in your faith, whereas I think non-Catholic or other denominations that uh, practice their faith are a little bit more energized with it because there's no routine there or there's no, you know, each devotion is different. You know, you go to the Bible app and there's there's a devotion on almost any topic. Whereas I think if you go to, like, our Catholic apps, it's, it's pro- probably adoration, it's probably on... Um, I think the topics are limited and there's only so many things that we are we are willing to talk about. Mm. And so at that point, it shuts out a lot of the, the internal feelings that all of us have. And so even myself, I once went to a non-denominational uh, New Age type uh, evangelical church because I was just so attracted to how you know, how on fire they were for their faith and how welcoming they were. It was like, I felt like they knew me by my name, you know, and it mm-hmm. was like my first day attending that church. But to John's point, I think you you go there for a couple of Sundays and you still realize there's something's something missing, mm-hmm. something's mm-hmm. not quite right. so yeah. how, do we, back so back how back back. do we, yeah, how do we merge those two things mm-hmm. to bring people closer to God? Cause that's the ultimate goal as disciples.
1: Well, I like what you said about welcoming, feeling welcome yeah. in the mm-hmm. church, you know? Have you yeah. ever been greeted in a Catholic church? I was
0: just no. gonna say that, no. Because <laughs> at Protestant church, you have two greeters, first entrance and you go up. Because I came into the Catholic church through a Protestant church. I was there first and then came to the Catholic church and it's a good time. I was in the Baptist church, <laughs> it was so fun. But like John yeah. was saying, there's something missing. and But they're so on fire. And I'll just like echo Matt Frad where he says, Protestant brothers and sisters, we're so thankful for you. Yeah. Like we wish you were Catholic, but we're so thankful for the fire and boldness that you bring to the faith. They're making us better. They are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. And the thing is that we have to keep in mind too, like, yes, we have this amazing, like infinitely incredible thing with the Eucharist, right? But um, the Protestants, like we are bound by the sacraments, but God is not. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, Yes, we can bring them in, but just because we can't bring them in doesn't mean they're not going to be in heaven either. We just don't know. Oh, I so, know many yeah, Protestants
1: yeah. far holier than I. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of holy sure. Protestants, that's, that's for sure, who have very evident relationships with God, and it's very convicting, right? And it's like, yes. how? You don't have the Eucharist. And they do. And God is moving, and he's working, and it's actually, cons- some, most of the time, consistent with the Catholic tradition, too. And I'm like, don't you see? It's it's here. You're doing it. Yeah. You're so close, one right? Of my
1: cl- one of my close friends was the leader of Young Life. And which uh, is it was, it was a non-denominational Protestant ministry for young people, and he was telling me one day we were out for coffee, and he's he was a former Catholic, um, left the Catholic Church because he wanted that relationship with Jesus, and he said to me, he's like, you know what, I'm just, I think I just feel like like God is calling me to live my life more liturgically, mm. like I'm, I'm going to start observing like Advent and Lent. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah, <that's Catholic laughs> like, come on. You're getting Catholic there. <laughs> yeah. come on, take your relationship with Jesus we're and bring here. it into the Catholic Church. Exactly.
0: But outwardly, yeah. we're, we're kind of boring. But that's changing, though. <laughs> outwardly it's, we're true. Kind of it's changing. It, yeah. <laughs> it's but true, inwardly, I mean, it does require this very special grace discipline. and faith yeah. and discipline. Yeah. But it's really a grace. I mean, to be able to really understand with your soul that Jesus is their body, blood, soul, and divinity in what, you know, just seems like bread. I mean, outside looking in that's really crazy you know oh with, yeah consider not considering everything but it requires like a special grace to do that and um what's the new but that's but the the charism is changing right so we have what what's the new term tradismatic
1: tradismatic
0: yeah so we're getting there you know mm-hmm. we're we're becoming more charismatic <laughs> yeah, and The new- john's answer is the fact it's it's us it's the exactly. young adults yeah. we have to keep that
3: same energy into our families and mm-hmm. into you know, we we are ultimately going to get married, have children and so we we are the church mm-hmm. and I'm quoting Father Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to keep that same energy to bring that into the future of the church and what it's going to look
2: like. And love our brothers and sisters, right? Absolutely. Just because they're Protestant today doesn't mean they'll be Protestant tomorrow. Right. We should embrace them, get them to realize we love so much our families and our friends and those around us. We want you to see the full truth that we're experiencing and then bring that same culture that you have with the Protestant church to our church we will be alive as well you know there's some some churches actually play even modern music and things like that and but the most important is of course the structure of the homily and um, the Eucharist receiving the Eucharist and and then the Lord would do the rest but adoration something that we mentioned at the last talk too is is such a blessing that the um, Catholic church provides you know, a time of peace, a time of music where the Lord gets to truly get into your heart. And, you know, and then you can have praise and worship in the background at the same time, right? While you're doing adoration. right? So that, you know, I do encourage, you know, the those who are in the Catholic faith to stay strong, but to realize that we can actually embrace that wonderful, motivational, um, gospel-like, experience in the catholic church and you know speak to the priest he's definitely more willing to bring more people to the church and to learn about this and you know i encourage even priests hey you know meet with another pastor just to learn how they do things and You'd be surprised. You having that conversation with a pastor can convert him to becoming the deacon that you need to be in your church. <laughs> I right. promise you that. Yeah. I have right. this faith and this the the calling of, you know, bringing our brothers and sisters from the Protestant church to the Catholic faith to grow the church to um, be unit. Remember, Catholic means one, one church. Where did the Protestants come from? The Catholic Church, and so let's bring them back, embracing their um, a charism to making a difference in the community, bringing that community. As we talked about in the past, um, in the past talk from outreach.
1: Something you said about about outreach, uh, about a piece of outreach, I think actually kind of hit home with me is that you said service mm-hmm. to one another. You know, back in the early church there really when you know in the you know 200s 300s there was a lot of course a lot of persecution in the church and but the church continued to grow it was small but it continued to grow and the reason why it grew despite the persecution well one reason was just because of the courage of the martyrs you know really giving that witness but another piece was that christians loved one another mm. you know when the plague struck rome all the wealthy people got out of the city and the Christians stayed behind to take care of the plague victims, mm-hmm. mm. you know and not and they didn't discriminate between Christian and pagan plague victims. they ministered to all of them, and many of them died, but the ones that survived were so you know inspired by this that they converted and and that can be a powerful way, especially in today's world, to preach the faith is is just making it you know very real in our tangible love
0: mm-hmm.
3: absolutely absolutely. love is always the answer I think I had. I was telling John when we were on our way here that I kind of got into an unintended argument with a cousin of mine who is a Protestant and she was attacking the faith and attacking or accusing us of um, glorifying Mary as if we glorify God and just misunderstanding that relationship. And we got into this whole argument where I felt very defensive of our faith. And so I was defending the faith. She was telling me how wrong I was for that. And, you know, it was a two day long conversation. And at the end of that conversation, um, her and I both agreed that at the end of the day, we just have to love one another. You know, Jesus left us that example and he did not discriminate. He never went up to a crowd and said, I'm only talking to these people. He talked to everybody and he, he spread the the good news to everybody and the disciples did the same thing. So, uh, we should just emulate Jesus and um, try to just love each other the best way we can. And and there's a favorite um, song we used to sing in school that used to. The line is, "They'll know a, and they'll know we are Christians by our love." I will not. Say I remember
1: that. that song. Yeah,
3: I love that song. Yeah. and I always, you know, every time I'm in a in a situation or an argument or a potentially contentious environment, I always remember that. And it's how do you show up in those conversations and how do you show up for one another? And it's, if you love somebody, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what religion, it doesn't matter, um, what denomination we are all God's children and he's calling all of us by name.
2: Amen. Even at work, right? Yeah. You know, preach at work too. You know, I work at family centers, which is a nonprofit and, uh, they do some beautiful miracles in different aspects from healthcare in which I manage um, to the social uh, social services. And so my biggest focus is, you know, not only addressing the mind and the body, but also the spirit, because a lot of the times people forget that piece. Right. And so when you're at work, no matter where you work, it could be even in IT finance, even, you know, um, doing some lawn mowing. You have an opportunity to evangelize. Hey, I love you, brother, man. I just want to say I've been praying for you. Literally saying I've been praying for you goes deeper than one would think. You know, I've done that so many times where I, I say I'm going to pray for you. I do pray for them. And miracles happen. And they're like, wow, John, thank you for the prayers, man. I know you were praying for me. And like, you know what? I haven't been to church in a while, but I'm going to go, man. I don't know. I just felt like I need to go. And I really appreciate you, you know, just showing your love to me evangelizing is not just oh hallelujah like come join me but rather hey brother i love you and i'm praying for you you, mm. know? you you know what i've started doing which i which has gotten some really amazing reactions
1: is praying with people right then and there mm. so someone's like dude please pray for me i'm going to surgery tomorrow all right right here let's do it let's, let's, do let's it. pray mm. you know and there and i've never had anyone turn me down but it's always like wait what yeah <laughs> I'm like, yeah let's, right here right now you asked me to pray let's pray
3: I've started doing that too. I think this year because of COVID and, and so much going on in the world, I realized I say, I'm going to pray for you to a lot of people. And honestly, I don't get it I don't do <laughs> yeah, <it. me> too. <laughs> And so I started, you know, to make myself more honest. It was more, if you say you're going to pray for someone. So when I'm texting somebody and they tell me, oh, you know this and this happened please pray for me I do it exactly at that moment mm-hmm. yeah when I tell somebody I'm praying for you I've already done it it's it's not something I'm going to do it's I've already bowed my head and I've I've said a, a quiet prayer for them and then I tell them I'm praying for you because I realized I had a lot of um uh, <laughs> prayers I, think, I, I think didn't in, get around <laughs> we're gonna have a lot to pray for <laughs> to pray for I know yeah. Oh, but yeah, I think um education, man. How I have a question. How can the how can the church um easily like bring in maybe like young adults into the faith? How can the church make the young adults who potentially left the faith when they left their parents' homes, how do they bring them back into the into the church and how do you make them understand things like the mass? Why is um, Christmas so important, the uh, time of Advent? Why is Easter so important? And Easter is not just uh, Good Friday, the Saturday, and Easter Sunday. You know, why, what is Lent? Is Ash Wednesday uh, <laughs> a holy day of obligation? Because people <laughs> think it I is. So sure think it is. <laughs> so, uh, you know, stuff like that. I find when I came back to my faith, I had to buy myself a, a book, that, and I'm, I'm making a very big sign of, like, the catechism, just to get back to basics and and really figure myself out because no one was holding my hand through that pro- process. I had to re-teach myself some of the things I had forgotten at my confirmation.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting that um, in, in past really like 100 years, the church has always focused on educating children in yeah. the faith. But you look at the early church, the early church actually focused on adults hmm. and educating adults because the church teaches and still teaches that parents are the primary ed- educators of their children in the ways of faith. Yes. So, yeah. A lot of, you know, parents will just drop their kids off at CCD and it's like, well, it's not my job, it's your job, you know? But the truth is, if we form the parents and the adults, mm. um, like you're mentioning, you know, if we really kind of focus on that and say, look, we're going to, every parish is going to have Bible studies. Every parish is going to have these kind of studies. And, and maybe get it, again, get it out of the church, out of a church building. Bring it mm. into someone's home and say, like, look, you know, now we're so blessed. We have, you, ever, you guys ever tuned into Formed? yes formed as a as an online platform through the Augustine Institute, which has an incredible amount of content from Bishop Barron and all these great places. I mean we have we have at our fingertips a theological library that people would be envious of in any other century. And mm-hmm. it's all free online. You know? Yeah. So so yeah. I think I think the church really should start kind of focusing more on that adult versus children, because then it'll trickle down. Yeah. From adult adult
3: to formation children. is is I feel like it's truly missing. Right. In mm-hmm. Especially in my parish, you know, I, I look around and I'm outside of C4C and, and our young adult masses
0: that we have. We used to have them. We don't even have them. Yes, we do. They anymore. started up again. At St. John's? Second week of August. Uh, no, not at St. John's. At another church in Stanford. Oh. Mm-hmm. We'll connect. Okay. Yeah. But it's happening. <laughs> well then. You're, you're all invited. I, uh, uh, everyone's I think, invited. I think it's holy name, right? <laughs> yes, it's the holy, holy name. Beautiful Which, which church. is a beautiful church. Stunning. Yeah. Stunningly beautiful. They have an altar rail to altar rail too yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah and it's all in the young adult area down there in harbor point
0: it's, yep very so, convenient. perfect
2: and i'm glad you mentioned to educating adults because adults tend to retain more and have experience that can relate more to what they're learning where kids they're just uh, it's all know.
3: theology at yeah. that point you haven't lived mm-hmm. outside of your parents house to relate to like like true suffering
1: mm-hmm. yeah exactly. and you know. sixth graders are not ans- asking the question what's the point of my life
3: yeah
1: (laughs) i never thought about that when i was 12 crisis (laughs) right i mean
2: but then uh, how do you teach adults you don't want to do book you know bible stories is one way but i know that it's been effective through faith on tap when we've had like priests actually you know you you ask a priest any question you want stump the priest night those Mm -hmm. are the best you learn a lot through that any question um you know there's small groups small groups Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know wine and dine you know you have the you know you have a sister over and you drink a little bit of wine with them and get educated (laughs) the wine is important you ask more questions
3: (laughs) that's another thing i think father joseph you mentioned the joy of you know um the religious if 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 they exude of this joy it's an attraction um but at the same time to me honestly in the six years i've been here i've there's a lack. I don't, you know, I have to go find the sisters. I don't know where they are except the sisters of life. But I have to go there to, to yeah. be in their presence. I don't see them at St. John's. That's another cultural shock, I think, going back to one of our previous episodes that I um, got when I moved here is in Zimbabwe, the, the, the nuns are everywhere. Mm. They're in schools, they're in the church, they're in every mass. They, they're they just present they're in our homes. Like my parents, um, I grew up with nuns and and, and and sisters just coming over for dinner and, you know, just hanging out. And I don't see that here. And I always ask, like, where are all the nuns? <laughs> I have no idea where they are. There's
2: definitely a nun shortage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to recruiting and outreach. Because if the if you're not getting enough people in the church to learn more about the beauty of being a religious life or being a priest, Then now you the you know it starts to shrink and we've seen a shortage in priests and religious life, and that's something that we gotta change. Which goes back to having
1: faithful families because Mm -hmm. if the family is parents are generous and especially generous with their family size, you know if they're having six kids, then it's easier to give one to the convent than it is if they only have two kids. Right. And they're like, ah, pass on the family name business. Yeah.
2: Which then we have to encourage the families to encourage each other to have kids. Because sometimes as parents there's families that are like, ah, two kids what are you doing with more than that? You know, it's you but rather it strange questions when you got more mm-hmm. than two. Oh, yes. Awful. yeah. Awful. Trust me, I have oh, 10 siblings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have 10 of the siblings, and people are like, oh my God, how did your parents do it?
3: Well, they say, what are you, Catholic? It's yeah. Like, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am, and I yes. love it, and I'm <laughs> proud you. of it.
2: No, but in reality, like, the children bring so much fruit. We each have a different trait and uh, a vocation in life, you know, and so definitely fostering that family and, even if you see a brother and sister that needs help, like a mother um, who's struggling with their husband, there should be another person that's in that in our religious community that says, hey, let me help out. Let me bring this husband out for um, mm. to go hiking. I do encourage folks to do that. Yeah. Or yes. a woman who you see she's depressed, she's maybe anxious because all her kids are stressing her out, you know, take the kids out or, you know, maybe that woman should embrace her to her home and invite them for dinner if you have the resources please share it you'd be surprised the fruit that you don't only impact the parents you impact generations of kids yeah mm. in america i think we're probably not very good about
1: the idea that we are our brother's keeper mm-hmm. yeah. probably a little better in zimbabwe right the, yeah africa for...
3: you're raised by the whole community <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's true yeah i agree. once got grounded at one of my friends uh Parents' house. Really? Without my parents knowing I was grounded. So that's brilliant. There's, there's that. Yeah. Wow. They, they just, they do not. So, yeah, we definitely need a little bit more community. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for joining us in this episode of Restless. We do have a challenge for you. And that is, you know, we've mentioned a lot of different ways of outreach and evangelization. We talked about teaching, we've talked about the formation of good families. You know, so wherever you're at, if you're in the workplace, if you are, you know, a father or mother of a family, if you are a young adult who's seeking the face of Christ, You have a role to play in the church's mission, and this role is indispensable. So form yourself well through prayer, through adoration, form yourself in your knowledge of our Catholic faith, and then go and start to invite, whether it's just having a meal with somebody, whether it's doing an act of charity, whether it's just being there for a brother or sister, inviting them to something at your church. There's so many ways in which we ourselves can impact thousands of souls before we die. So go out and do that. You, uh, you can find us on Veritas Catholic Radio, 1350 AM and wherever you get your podcasts. We hope to see you next time.